Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. guys thanks for tuning in to another episode of the ready gold standard podcast my name is zach hernandez and tonight i've got my co-host matt Llewellyn and our guy mike andrews of nothing but niners we got a great show planned for you guys this evening uh matt i see you got a pretty large glass there how you doing this evening i'm doing good man just worked 12 at the hospital so this is something that happens every time you know you get off it's just like unwind today's a special day though um a little extra busy today so a little extra vino in the glass Okay, I like it. I hear you. Uh, Mike, how you doing this Sunday evening? I'm great, man. I don't know if Matt meant to say that or not, but unwind. Was that a, was that a little, uh, no, unwind? Okay, never mind. Forget it. I'm good, though, man. <laughs> oh, the pun, I get it. I get it. Um, not intentionally, but it's there if you want it. <laughs> no, man, I'm doing well, man. I had a great Father's Day. You know, I uh, got to spend a lot of time with the kids and my wife. You know, we got to relax a lot. We had a busy weekend, so today we actually – uh stayed home and unwind and, you know, got to unwind also. Uh, so it's, it's been great, man. I, I can't complain about anything at all. Happy to be here. Ready to have some fun, man. Yeah. With that said, happy father's day to all the fathers out there. Um, hope you guys had a fantastic day. Definitely well-deserved, well-earned with that said, we're going to get right into the show. I know it's late. I know it's a Sunday evening. So we appreciate all you guys tuning in. If you want to do us a huge solid hit, Share on Twitter, copy the link and post it on social media. If you're watching on YouTube, it goes a lot further than you may think. Um, this evening, we're going to be comparing the 49ers current roster to where they were heading into the season last year at this point, And a little more. We're going to have some fun with it. Um, yeah, Kali, also happy Juneteenth, everyone out there. Um, hope you guys are all having a fantastic evening. So with that said, Matt, I'm going to throw it over to you. I already know your answer. The biggest change in this year's roster, going back to last year's, hit hit me with it. Punter. No, I'm kidding. Um, Of course, it's quarterback, man. Um, But I I would say if you want to do it as a group, because it's really easy to just go, oh, it's it's Trey Lance versus Jimmy Garoppolo. I think you have to look at the, the upfront aspect of the offense. So not only the quarterback, but the offensive line, which plays into how well a quarterback can or cannot play based off the amount of time that he's going to get those two factors are going to be really interesting to see running backs are running backs in a Shanahan system we know Elijah Mitchell has the juice we you know everybody's excited about uh uh, TDP 
Um, everybody's, you know, wanting to see if Trey Sermon's going to come back around. We know what George Kittle is. We know what Debo Samuel is once they eventually sign him. We know what Brandon Ayuk can be. Um, so really the questions for me is that offensive line outside of Trent Williams, um, every other spot is a question for me, right? You have a new left guard, which looks like it's going to be Aaron Banks. You have Brendel, who's apparently going is the front runner to start at center. Um, right guard, that's still kind of a toss up. And then you got Mike McGlinchey coming back from a torn quad. How's he going to perform? What's he going to look like? It, it's it's a question mark. And if that line isn't put together, that's going to inhibit some of what Trey Lance can do. And it doesn't matter how talented you are. Look at Joe Burrow in the Super Bowl. Couldn't do anything because the Rams got home every single snap just about. And it really, really held him back from making a statement, playing the game that he wants to play. Because we saw what happened against Kansas City when Kansas City doesn't really have a great pass rush and Joe Burrow had time. He was able to get it done. So for Trey Lance, it is the biggest switch, but you kind of have to pair the offensive line with that because I think they go hand in hand at this point. 100%. Um, and yeah, it, it's such a huge difference going back on last year, basically an entirely new room minus Trey Lance. Um, Collie, by the way, it's not Mike with the late timing. It's it's on us. So Mike's doing us a huge solid staying with us in the Eastern time. Um, so we appreciate him tuning in. And also, yeah, Thank you for reminding me, Melissa. Happy birthday to our guy, Brandon Fergnov for Faithful and Locked In Golden State Warriors podcast. Hope you're having a great one. I know it's already almost over, but happy birthday on your end. And real quick, as a non sequitur, for those of you that were here during our draft live stream, there may or may not have been a wager between me and Brandon about who would win the NBA title. That wager has been settled, and it was settled before the final horn. So... Let it not let it not go unnoticed that your your boy right here pays his debts. <laughs> That's right. I had to had to represent. Shout out to the Warriors for being world champions. I say world. I, it, it, it's United States, but hey, the best talent comes here to play. So world champs. No, the NBA is the world championship, bro. Okay, all right. It's not, it's not even close. Yeah, yeah. I, I've, I've people have gotten into semantic arguments. I've seen a lot on Twitter, but it's hard no, when you're so- soccer. Again, another non sequitur in terms of basketball. Luka Doncic was on um, the uh, JJ Reddick's podcast, and he was like, "It's easier to score thirty points a game in the United States based on like what the rules are and stuff." But he said the talent here is way better. He's like, "It's just the rules in Europe don't allow you because they have the the trapezoid key." They're allowed to play like full zone defense that it makes it a little more difficult to score 30 points a game over there. But he's like the talent over here. It's like second to none. He's like, it's way better talent over here. And it's not even close. So take that for what you will. Nice to know. So I'll take, yeah, take some honor and same world chance. Happy birthday to your father, Melissa. I see in the comments, you're saying it's his his birthday as well. Um, Mike, what would you say looking back on last year's roster to this year's roster now has been, Maybe the biggest surprise to you. We talked about this on your Patreon show, but a little bit, maybe not necessarily this specifically, but what would you say is the biggest surprise? I think I think this uh, new look secondary that we're about to embark on is going to be really exciting to see. You know, um, it, it seems like the Niners might be doing a little bit more uh, press man technique. You know what I'm saying? Uh, it might be a little bit more aggressive at the point of attack, uh, looking at, you know, the addition of Javarius Ward. Um, with some of the rookies from last year, maybe getting another 
shot at it. Um, I'm not I'm not quite sure what's going to happen and who's going to be playing next to Tart. It sounds like, based off of what uh, defensive coordinator uh, Ryan's was saying, it sounds like Hufunga's the guy in there, and that's a bit of a surprise to me as well. I I, I thought uh, the other ward was going to be was going to be there. So I, I can't wait to see how, uh, I meant more, I'm sorry, not Ward, more. I can't wait to see how the secondary plays out. Um, it's going to be important too. You know, we, we think the pass rush is going to be improved. So those guys on the back end, their jobs maybe get easier. I, I don't know. It's going to be a lot of fun to see that though. So I'm, I'm looking forward to checking out that secondary, man, that there's a lot of changes that are going to be there. So it's going to be a good one. I, I think real quick, I think you said Tart and I think you meant to say Ward just, Real quick, so nobody comments it in the chat real all angrily. He meant Ward. Um, yeah, shout out to Tart, by the way. Signed with the Eagles on a solid deal. So shout out to him. Um, we have a super chat here. Sorry, I hit mute on myself by accident. Super chat here before we get into the next topic from 49ers Throwback. It says, I'm excited. Can't wait for the season to start. This wide receiver is so deep. Trey's going to have fun with his weapons. Ayuk and Jennings will have a big year. Matt, this kind of leads me obviously to the next position, wide receiver. Brandon Ayuk recently said he feels for the first time this is a real wide receiver room. What do you make of those comments? I was kind of a little, hmm. Well, I mean, beyond him and Debo, um, you know, it's easy going into last year to write off Juwan Jennings, who didn't really play his rookie season, right? You're looking at, um, you know, who was on the team at the time. I think they had Dante Pettis going into camp last year, didn't they? Shoot, no. I don't remember who they had. They it, it was Brandon Ayuk, it was Debo Samuel, and it was Bum City. Kendrick Bourne was gone. They didn't have a lot. They were bringing in Muhammad Sanu as a vet guy, right? They had uh, oh Jordan Matthews, the ever cut one. He's like the he's like the Dante Johnson of the offense. That dude's been cut like seven thousand times. I'm sure he's got like five 49ers jerseys with five different numbers on it because every time they activate him, he activate for a game. Maybe he gets one play and he's gone, right? But now you look at the room and Juwan Jennings had a real breakout in the late season and in the playoffs, right? Where you could make a case that he's a legitimate rotational wide receiver. Um, maybe not your third guy, maybe your fourth guy or whatever, but definitely someone that's going to get regular PT. You also drafted Danny Gray, who admittedly missed some of OTA with that hamstring injury. But I mean, if they can get him right, that's the speed threat that you've been talking about, right? Ray Ray McLeod return guy, also another burner. And you start looking at it together and, and you look at the guys that maybe would have got some playing time last year. Now they're on the outside looking in right now. Those guys that you were like, oh, God, like, you know, Ayuk missed a game because of a strained hamstring or, or Debo can't play. But I guess we got to sign River Craycraft again. You know, that's not happening this year. And so I, I don't think that it's necessarily disrespectful to the guys that haven't been here. But like, let's be real. The players know real talent versus guys that are just filling roster spots. And it goes from a position of maybe weakness to a position of strength, much like Mike's talking about with, you know, the cornerback position, all of a sudden that's a position of strength too, where we had the questions, you know, Charizard ward signs. We got, you know, if we get even five games out of Jason Verrett, I mean, and, and he is anything right. You got Tarvarius Moore coming back from his Achilles. He's adding depth to the safety position. Odom adds depth to the safety position, right? Hufanga, it looks like he might make that next step. You still have Jimmy Ward there, the old stalwart. 
Emmanuel Mosley still there. Year two of Ambry Thomas. So you look at these two positions last year where we looked at, and it's like, man, that's kind of thin. And this year they went and bolstered that. Um, and I think that's going to benefit the team overall. So I'm pretty happy about that. And the to to your point about the wide receivers, right? If you just look at last year's final 53, you had Jawan Jennings, Jalen Hurd, Muhammad Sanu, Trent Sherfield. Then it was Debo and Ayuk. And that was the final 53. The other guys that they cut for the final cuts, you're talking about guys like um, River Craycraft. He was one of the final ones there. Simba Webster, you know, like Tr- Tr- Travis Benjamin. Those were guys that were cut and just cycled through throughout the year. So, I mean, I think he's liking what he's seeing with his wide receiver core. You know Debo's going to make it. You know he's going to make it. You know Danny Gray is going to make it. A lot less question marks at the wide receiver position uh, to Matt's point. And thank you for bringing up uh, Jalen Hurd because that's who I was thinking of. I, I, all I had was like a draft bust in my head and Dante Pettis was the first one I thought of, but I was thinking of Jalen Hurd who's like made his entire three-year 49ers career off of one half of football against the Cowboys in the preseason. And of course, let us not forget, like Mike pointed out, uh, preseason AB, a.k.a. Trent Sherfield, who didn't do shit in the regular season. Now we actually have some talent and it, it's going to be fun to watch. Yeah, I, I looked up the uh, the roster when you were speaking, and I saw Trent Sherfield, and I immediately just started cracking up because I remember, myself included, a lot of us last year were like, "Oh, I'm gonna own this guy's jersey by the midseason," and you were like, "Yo, relax, like he's a preseason standout, probably, unfortunately, not going to amount to much more." And although he caught the first touchdown, nothing else really aside from that. You you get teams that occasionally let talent go, and they step up somewhere else. But that's the exception, not the rule. More often than not, if a team just lets a player walk for free, it's because they're kind of doo-doo, you know, especially if it's one thing if he had been a starter, right? But he'd been really a rotational guy and like a return guy for Arizona. And they were just like, nah, we're good. So that told me like, okay, plus how many times have we heard about Trent Taylor being the, the preseason superstar? And then he didn't do anything. So once bitten, twice shy with me. I'm, I I will see it when I believe it in the regular season when the games count. My only defense was I kept telling myself he's buried on a really, really deep Arizona Arizona Cardinals roster as far as wide receiver. He just needed the opportunity. He's going to come here and ball out. Didn't happen, obviously. Um, Mike, I'm going to throw it back to you for the running back position. Raheem Mostert's gone. Uh, is Jeff Wilson still here? He is, right? He was resigned. Yeah. Okay. Jeff Wilson's here. What do you make of this running back room? Yeah. So looking back at uh, <laughs> comparing it to last year, it was it was Raheem Mostert, Trey Sermon, Jamichael Hasty, and Elijah Mitchell. Those were the final four guys. Uh, uh, Wayne Goldman was someone that I thought was going to have a oh. shot at making the roster, and and he didn't last year. And it's just it's a complete. I I think it's a complete overhaul. We've drafted somebody. Most are signed elsewhere. Hasty is now a guy at the bottom looking up, and he he seemed to be the Niners' favorite, like third down guy for some reason last year. Um, you know, I remember him catching a lot of passes. Every time he seemed to be in on third down, it was like, oh well, we know the ball's going to go here. Um, but I think even that's going to be quite a mix-up. I expect Trey Sermon to have a much uh, bigger role than what he had last year. I think Elijah Mitchell takes a step back, not because of talent or anything like that, just because of the depth. It's going to be here. And you guys know my guy, uh, uh, Tyrion Davis-Price, 
I, I think he's going to surprise a lot of people and really step into uh, a, a significant role this season. I'm, I'm excited and looking forward to that too. Yeah, which we have talked about previously, maybe was drafted to be somewhat of an olive branch to Debo Samuel in the running game. I guess we'll wait and see. I, I don't know if that maybe, but hey, he definitely is going to help the running game and maybe Debo won't need to have as many carries. Well, and I remain firmly convinced that Trey Sermon was drafted to be more of a pairing with Trey Lance than he was with Jimmy Garoppolo. That to me is something when you talk about if they're going to run RPO stuff, you're looking at Trey Sermon, who's going to be a downhill guy, TDP, who's going to be a downhill guy, right? Um, Elijah Mitchell, I do think takes a step back, not because of a talent thing, but just because there's more people around. And let's face it, Elijah Mitchell was banged up for a lot of the years, you know, so if you can keep him healthy and you have him, I mean, they got to rotate these guys through so that they're getting 10, 11 carries at the most, you know, and you're rotating fresh guys and you're just basically bullying people down, down the field. You know, you make Trey Lance's job easier. The running backs stay more healthy. Um, you, you know, you don't go in there with, I mean, how many times have we seen it? Because Elijah Mitchell is the smallest back that, that the 49ers were featuring and minus Jermichael Hasty wasn't really featured, but even Jermichael Hasty hurt. Um, you know, Jeff Wilson started the, la- the last year hurt. Elijah Mitchell hurt before that. Matt Breida hurt. Jarek McKinnon hurt. Now they're going to these more bigger bodied running backs. And I think they're doing it for, for the durability factor. You know, TDP is a dude that's going to run 215, 220. And he's just, he's, you know, he's going to, maim people you know um trey sermon another guy 210 215 these are bigger backs that are going to be able to absorb some of these poundings you know and i think it's interesting too, pointing out what you're talking about the team slowly getting away from the speed aspect right when you have a quarterback who wasn't getting the ball down the field necessarily you need a lot of speed coming out of the backfield those home run hitters right we remember matt breeder's first carry against the browns uh in 2019 right i think it was 2019 yeah, on that Sunday night game, game, right? Yeah, it, yep. It was a nighttime game. First carry, takes it to the house, right? They needed that speed. That was the fastest carry, I think, all no, second fastest all season. The first was Raheem Mostert. Both of those guys are gone now, and the Niners haven't really gone out their way to go and get another speedy wide receiver. I think they want someone more durable, someone that can take a little bit more of a hit, like Matt was saying, a little bit more size there, a little bit more girth balls, and they're going to – they're going to go in there and do their thing. So, uh, like you said, I think that they were drafting a year ahead. You know what I'm saying? I think they were trying to get it, get get ready for this change that we're going to see. And I think the offense is going to be very, very different. So, it's, it's exciting. To your, to your point, too, they they went away from speedy running backs. But with the signing of Ray Ray McLeod and the drafting of Danny Gray, they're going to speedy wide receivers. It tells you the transition they want to make. You don't need home run hitting running backs. What you're going to do is Trey Lance is able to stretch the field vertically, and you want these big backs to be able to play inside running off of the RPO when Trey does decide to pull it down or give it away. And I think that that's going to add a new wrinkle to the offense, and I think people are going to be surprised at how effective it is. I'm excited, man. Um, One position we didn't really see that much change, if any, and I'm going to throw it back right to you, Matt. The tight end position. How do you feel about this? Is it George Kittle go out there and give us 17 good games again? Um, 15. He's listen. 
George Kittle is such a physical player that he's going, something's going to happen. He's going to sprain an ankle or he's going to, you know, do something right. That's just the nature of, of what he is. I think that the Tyler Croft signing was actually pretty good in terms of a blocking signing, not necessarily so much on it, like a pass catching signing. Um, basically, you know, you're getting enough wide receiver talent that it's kind of mitigating the importance of the tight end position. George Kittle, immense talent, right? One of the best in the game, but you're, you don't have to be as reliant on him. If something or when something does happen to George Kittle, you don't have to worry about your offense taking such a huge step back because you have a lot of wide receivers. I think that they are right in putting the resources into the positions that they did. Um, I would have liked to see a little bit more on the offensive line rather than just like a bunch of undrafted free agents, but you can find gems line is one of those ones where you can find gems and undrafted free agency kind of easier than every other position because there's so many offensive linemen out there that some are just going to fall through the cracks by the nature of, okay, we have five positions right on the offensive line. You know, there's, there's however many different schools there's, I mean, how many draft eligible offensive linemen are there every year that come out? And so some are just by virtue of sheer number volume going to fall through the cracks and be undrafted guys. It speaks to, you know, how much they gave Donovan West in into the type of talent. And he was projected as like a third or a fourth rounder and went undrafted. It speaks to the type of talent that can be gotten from the undrafted free agent pool on the line. You don't get that so much in tight. I mean, there's like two good tight ends, maybe a year in the draft. If that there are some years where you're just like, Ooh, this is, this is garbage. You know, I remember when OJ Howard was the can't miss guy. Where's OJ Howard. I don't even, I mean, he's still in Tampa Bay, but it's, it's like, all right, whatever, you know, it's not really that good. It's, it's hard. So use George Kittle to his potential in terms of, of what you can with him, but just know that, you know, you're not going to get away with a Jordan Matthews to try to block somebody or, or a Ross Dwelly who's not as good of a blocker. You bring in the Tyler Croft because if something happens to George Kittle, at the very least, you still have the blocking, if not the playmaking. And I think that that's something that the 49ers are comfortable with going into the season, given every other position. Yeah. <clears throat> George Kittle is actually the smallest tight end natural tight end on the team other than Jordan Matthews now. So I think that says something, right? You got Ross Dwelly coming in here. Uh, he's, he's coming back again. Um, you have Troy Fumagalli coming in here, right? He's six, six. You got George Kittle at six, four. You have uh Croft, like you were talking about, you know what I'm saying? He's coming in here and you know, he's six, six as well. Tyler Croft. Um, and then you have Jordan Matthews, who is the receiver turned uh, tight end. And then Charlie Warner, you know, other than, Matthews, no one is smaller than George Kittle. I think this is, a, it's going to be about, it's going to sound like tongue in cheek, right? I, I'm going to say it's going to be about um, availability, right? Durability. It doesn't say that when you, when you talk about Croft, but everyone else, you're looking at guys that are going to come in here inline blockers as opposed to pass catchers. It seems like they're really going to lean on these wide receivers to catch these passes. And George Kittle is going to be George Kittle. You know what I'm saying? So it's going to be the who's who of tight ends over there. Uh, is Charlie Warner in line to get a bigger play now, right? He's been here for, what, three years? So, I mean, it's, you know, take the dump or get off the toilet. Like, you, you got to do something now. And this is, this is going to be a major, major preseason for this kid. He's got he's to show up now. So, it's, it's interesting. Another room that's going to have a lot, of, a lot of turnaround. I think the, 
We had Kittle last year, Dwelly, and Warner. You think all three of those guys are coming back, or will there be some turnover? Because I, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I think I, that I think one of those three is going to be gone. Um, and it's funny because the guys that they're bringing in aren't necessarily super high-level playmakers, right? So you're like, well, okay, are they trying to protect George Kittle from getting injured blocking? Because all of his injuries have come on Jimmy hospital balls and seemingly all against Buda Baker for some weird reason, right? Um, on passes where Buda Baker goes low, it's been two knee injuries, um, a high ankle sprain. It's just he's gotten hurt on on receiving plays. So it's weird that they've kind of doubled down. I wonder if they're going to try to save George specifically for, you know, his pass catching ability. But if you do that, I mean, George Kittle is one of the best blocking tight ends in the NFL, if not the best. So are you wasting one of his better talents just to try to preserve him for his playmaking. It'll be interesting to see which direction they go. And this is one of the positions that I actually think is one of the more interesting. Once you get past George Kittle, which, which direction are they going to go? And to, and to further your point, I also think this is the year where it's like, Hey, listen, we're not trying to preserve anybody. We're here to win kick ass this year. That's what it feels like. This seems like we're going for it. We're going to surround this first year starting quarterback with as much talent as possible. Kittle, we want you to block. You got to block. We want you to pass, uh, catch passes. You got to get out there and do that. We have other blockers on the team. If you're out there, we want you to do both at a high level. You know, there's, there's not going to be the games where George Kittle's out there and he's only getting two targets a game anymore. We saw that towards the end of the season where it was like he was out there, but he was just kind of a, a shell of himself, you know, and it's not any disrespect to George Kittle. He was playing through injuries as well. You know, so you were talking about uh, Elijah Mitchell. Same thing can be said for George Kittle. You know, they but Kittle missed a, a few more games than uh, Mitchell did. So it's good. It's going to be interesting to see, like you said. All right. Before we go on to the next position, I just I have to show this and I want to get your guys's thoughts on it. Um, I j- it just came up on my screen and I know the guys are talking about it in the Hive group chat right now. But this graphic is just appalling to me so the best offensive play cards in the nfl per eric eager of pff number one andy reed fine number two kellen moore number three byron leftwich number four kyle shanahan five sean mcveigh six matt lafleur first of all the dallas cowboys haven't won a playoff game since when you can miss me with kellen moore second of all Byron Leftwich don't call no plays in Tampa Bay. We all know who's calling the plays in Tampa Bay, and that's and that's the GOAT. That's Tom Brady. Tom Brady is running that offense, all right? Byron Leftwich ain't doing a damn thing. Byron Leftwich is like, what would you like to run, Mr. Brady? What would you like to run? And he's like, you can give me two plays. I'm going to, I'm gonna, uh, you know, audible into a third, so it don't even matter. Not to take away from Byron Leftwich. I do think that he's one of the hot up-and-coming talented offensive coordinators because he did he did do a lot with Jameis Winston in his last year there despite the 30 interception season um I think Leftwich has talent but you can't say that Byron Leftwich with Tom Brady gets the benefit of the doubt over Kyle Shanahan with Jimmy Garoppolo that just ain't right I mean the 49ers made it further than the Bucks last year and that was with Tom, with Tom Brady. Brady. That was with Mike Evans. That was with, you know, whatever, whatever. The only person they were missing was was Deuces AB against the Jets. And they, uh, to be fair, they were missing. Um, I'm, I'm spacing on his name right now. The deep threat. He's really good. Uh, he tore his ACL 
Evans or Godwin? Godwin. Godwin. Yeah, Chris Godwin. Um, they were without those guys. But I mean, I think the percentage of the Bucks running the ball was like 80 or passing the ball was like 80, 80 to 85 percent pass versus 15 percent run. I don't know. I, I, I can see Andy Reid. Andy Reid's done it with multiple teams. He's been there for years. You know, he revitalized Alex Smith after Alex Smith was cast aside and Alex had some of his best seasons in Kansas City. Um, he's done wonders with Mahomes. I, I get Andy Reid, but the two above Kyle Shanahan, that's just crazy to me. Um, and even above McVay. Shanahan and McVay have been to Super Bowls. These other two, like, I mean, Byron Leftwich has, but he's not a head coach. He's an offensive coordinator. Right. Well, this is this is the play caller list. So it's supposed to be the guys that are calling the plays, not the head coach. But I think with this, you Aaron, know, Arians called the called Arians called the plays. I'm telling you, Brady called them plays. But right, I mean that's that's it. how it's going to be. But I think the I think why this this little tweet is blowing up, it's less about Kyle Shanahan and more about 49ers Twitter reacting to it, right? And they were like, oh, well, we, we stomped them in the in the postseason and all that, right? And then, you know, Acash says something, and then all of his buddies jump in there. You see this jumping in and all that stuff, right? But the guys, I think the guy's point was, uh, th- there's an article that wasn't linked to this graphic. And you guys know PFF has their own scales for everything, right or wrong, but they have their own scales for everything. Look, the, the fact is, the Cowboys scored more points a game than most teams in the NFL. Now, when you look at it, they had two 40-point games against um, their their divisional opponents because the their division was trash. And then they also had two other games where they scored 50-plus points against their, those divisional opponents again. And when they went up against decent teams, they were down in the lower 20s. So I understand the the apprehensive from for the, appreh- uh, the, 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 the pushback from the 49ers uh, – beat writers or you know people who cover the 49ers i get it but the fact is the fact they they scored more points a game than the niners did and their offense did look more steady and efficient than the 49ers i'm not talking about any anyone else i think that's it was the kellen moore versus kyle shanahan thing is what really pissed people off and they he had a better quarterback you know what i'm saying like they spread the ball around better than the 49ers did uh the niners were really stuck with can George Kittle play today? No. All right, Debo, you got to go. And that seemed to be the whole crux of our offense. Like it, it's, it was a, it was something that we struggled to come up with other plays, whether it be Jimmy's fault or whoever. But I mean, the play calling itself, I, I'm not personally, I'm not mad at Kellen Moore being ranked higher than Kyle based off of last year. Yeah, but you can't rank him higher than Sean McVay though, who took Jared Goff bum ass to a Super Bowl. Right. So my 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 whole thing is you mentioned it a little bit, Mike. Quarterbacks: Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, Kellen Moore, Dak Prescott, Byron Leftwich, Tom Brady, Kyle Shanahan, Jimmy Garoppolo, Sean McVay, Matt Stafford, Matt Lafleur, Aaron Rodgers. So based on that alone, he's doing One more of these or less. Things is not like the other. Yeah, exactly. And I think I saw I think I saw Croc reply and say all of these guys are fired. Which order are they getting hired? That should tell you all you need to know. No one's hiring Kellamara, Byron Leftwich over Kyle Shanahan, Sean McVay, or Matt LaFleur. It's just not happening. Even if, you know, OC specifically, it's it's just not happening. So I don't know why. And yeah, I, I'm totally with Cash and, and Vish in these replies because Eric comes off 
a little ridiculous here saying, you know, I'm glad you're based your opinions on one game. That's good to know. And a cash replies with all yeah. of these stats that the 49ers finished with better. And then, you know, they go in with their stats as well. And then tries to say, well, you should have read the article, which like Mike said, wasn't linked. So I just had to share this. I, I, I will say this. I think it's pretty cool that the, you know, four five and six, whatever, whatever, you know, the top six is still from the Shanahan tree. So that's good. And also, you know, to, to Vish's point um, and, and Akasha's point, when you look at PFF, and I know Mike said they have their own thing, PFF is like that, you know, that pre-workout company, right, where you order it and they're like, oh, this will give you the gains. And you're like, well, what's in it? And they're like, yeah. proprietary blend. <laughs> well, like, what the fuck does that mean, dude? What's in it? Proprietary blend. Okay, but how do I know if it's better than the proprietary blend? Yeah. They just out the algorithm, the algorithm, our our secret sauce, whatever, whatever. And it just makes it really frustrating because PFF is like the allegedly the best we got, but it's there's no transparency. And without the transparency, how do you how do you check your work? You know, how do you put it up to scrutiny? And so PFF has has established itself as a market leader, but really it's just like we don't, don't know, know if these are valuable things or if it's just something that you guys are putting out, but you got cool graphics. So I guess so. I don't know. It, you know, C4 for, for pre-workout. Yay. Proprietary blend. I have a long standing hate for PFF in their system. So I, you guys are not going to get me defending this guy at all other than what I said earlier, but like you, there, there is no defense for anything that PFF puts out. And I, I tell people all the time, stop waiting for the ratings Watch the game yourself and trust your own eyes. I, I say it all the time on our show. I, it's, it's something that unfortunately is a major problem. People wait to be told who played well as opposed to trusting what they saw and having an opinion on their own. They, they're waiting to be led instead of, you know, form their own thoughts. And PFF is a major, major reason that that's happening. So. Yeah. yeah, it's one of those syndromes like where you watch it and you're like, man, that dude's really good. And then somebody comes into your comments and goes, well, PFF says, <laughs> get out of here with that shit. Uh, some of these comments, um, Melissa, Mike, why are you hating on Kittle? He was used crazily last year as a sixth offensive lineman. Mike, uh, you got some history. Mike's hated that contract since George Kittle signed it. We all know that shit. <laughs> but it was... See, and like that's the thing. Like I say all the time, George Kittle is the best all-around tight end in the NFL. And I honestly don't think there's a close second, right? Like I understand you're going to say, oh, well, what about Travis Kelsey? He's not as good as blocking. But what about Mark Andrews? He's not as good of a pass catcher or blocker than George Kittle. You know what I'm saying? So it's like I, I have George Kittle pegged where I have him pegged. But what I was saying was he plays through so many injuries – he couldn't be used as the weapon we needed him to be uh, down the stretch is what is what my point was. There's no hate. Yeah. There's no hate. I, I hear you. I hear you. Um, all right. Moving on. I think everything on the offensive line has been covered besides fullback, which it stays the same. Kyle Yushek. Kyle Yushek, pro bowler. Yeah. So on the flip side, Matt. Should be used more, by the way. Should be used way more. Definitely. Definitely should be used more. That's, I mean, honestly, if Kittle gets hurt, why don't I mean if you want him on passing plays, just put use check at the tight end position. Yeah. He'd be able to make plays. Good blocker could make play. I agree. Yeah. Um, all right. In my opinion, the defensive line was kind of the bread and butter of this defense last year. 
And it got even better. You know, like it, it, it's crazy. I don't understand how they're able to improve on it, but they were able to improve on it. They drafted Drake Jackson. Um, they signed Kerry Hyder back from Seattle. There's a few other pieces. Matt, what do you make of this defensive line compared to last year's? It's really good, but I mean, it, it, all things being said, I don't know if Kerry Hyder makes a team. There's a lot of good guys ahead of him. And it's it's pretty clear after Kerry Hyder's time in Seattle that he was a big byproduct of the 49ers system. And now you have Samson Ebucam who's ahead of him. You have Nick Bosa, you have Drake Jackson. That that defensive end position gets, you know, you, you know, Arden uh, is Arden Key still here or did he leave? He left. Research is still here. That's the one that's 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 still here. But I mean, even, you know, even the defensive tackle position, you got Javon Kinlaw coming back. Eric Armstead's inside, which is a better position for him. Um, I do like how he, who did he go at? Oh, he went at Jack Hammer, who was like, uh, Eric Armstead, it, it got like most of his sacks next to Nick Bosa. That's helped him out. Uh, the rest of his sacks, nothing, nothing. And then Eric Armstead's like, oh, like Nick's in my brain. And it's just like, you're taking it the wrong way, dude. It's just like that dude frees you up to not be double teamed. And that's better for you because, you know, Nick Bosa is better than you. So you're at a better position for yourself. That's no hate. That's just saying. That's just like when DeForest Buckner was here, you know, you had better seasons, you know, because DeForest Buckner was so good. Um, but this line, this defensive line is is pretty ridiculous. Um, it was clear. I, I guess it came out that the 49ers wanted somebody else. They wanted a corner and a team jumped in front of them and picked the corner ahead of them. So then they took Drake Jackson but I mean, you know, Nick Bosa's given him high praise, and it it just looks like this. It's the the rich keep getting richer in terms of of this position, and it's looking really good. And when you add that to what we talked about with the cornerback position, now you got a good front seven and a good secondary. You got a great front seven and at least a good secondary. Boys, this is a top three defense on paper right now. And I know and paper, I know paper doesn't, doesn't mean anything, anything but, but look out. Look out. Yeah. And you also got to add in there another edge guy that uh, you guys didn't mention was Kamoko Ture. You know, the the other edge guy that they went out and got that's going to get some really good reps over here, right? And then if you look at last year's final 53, he didn't make it, but that was because of a suspension in Jordan Willis as well. So, I mean, these guys, is Willis, yeah, he's, he's back this year. That's right. He did, he did sign like a one-year Mm-hmm. Listen, the depth. That's why I say yeah. Hyder doesn't make it. The depth is significantly better, man. And it's it's going to be tough for Hyder to make it this year. Charles O'Menahue. Thank you, Hung Fat. Charles O'Menahue is on this team, too. Kerry uh, Hyder definitely ain't making this roster. <laughs> uh, Corey R21 says, I don't think that story is true. I haven't read the story, um, but I, I mean, I wouldn't doubt it. It happens all the time. What story? That the 49ers wanted a corner or a defensive back, but a team traded up to draft well, in front of him. Lynch Lynch said at his presser that there was someone that they wanted and they got jumped, right? And so the, the speculation was went to corner or edge. But if you guys watched the trades that happened right before we picked, Denver moved up and drafted a center, actually. So I don't know if it was that center that they, that they were looking at. Um, was that Linderbaum? I, I believe that's who it was. I can't. I don't remember. I, mean, the I, could, I believe it. If it was Linderbaum, I, I've been I've been shouting that dude's name from the rooftop. He's going to be good. So, but yeah, but I mean, Lynch did actually confirm that you know 
they got leapfrog. Uh, a team took someone that they were going to take, but they were happy to go ahead and get, you know, Drake Jackson. So I'm trying to look at the draft order here. I don't see the Broncos picking. They picked right after us in round two, at least. So I, I don't know. Um, so it might not have been the Broncos. Yeah. Okay. And that's what he didn't say what team it was. I, I thought the Broncos took someone. Yeah, that, the, the corner part was speculation. That's not like confirmed. All right. I know Corey R21 is, is really going off in the comments. Bro, it's all speculation. I'm not Ian Rappaport. I'm not going to break nothing. I'm not going to drop a Shefty bomb, okay? <laughs> He's saying Luke Wattenberg. I'm not sure who Luke Wattenberg is, but. Um, Luke Whataburger. I see Luke Godike. I don't know how to pronounce that. Was drafted by the Bucks, fifty-seven overall offensive lineman. But I don't know if that was a trade. This list that I have up here from Fan Nation SI doesn't have whether it was a trade or not. Um, You got a comment, a question here from Four Niners Throwback Matt. Hey Matt, let's see if I think the Four Niners decided to improve the secondary because they saw how bad it was. Plus, with the penalties that Kyle noticed, he can't keep having. Wasn't a question. My bad. Just a point. Yeah, that that's not a question. That's that's facts. Yeah, uh, Kali, you don't want Josh well. Norman out there getting handsy and getting burned. It was like defensive holding or burned for a touchdown yeah. or forced fumble. I was going to say there was a third option there. The fourth, fourth yeah, yeah, yeah. Every now and then, yeah, he'd punch that out. Um, I mean, he okay. forced like eight fumbles last year. That the dude was good at peanut punching yeah. the ball out. Four state fumbles gave up like fifteen touchdowns, so net negative. Uh, great question from Melissa. Do you guys think this is the final year? The defensive line is the first pick made by the 49ers. Mike. That's a really good question. And unfortunately, it's too early to say yes or no. I, I Because you guys have to remember who our GM is. And that defensive line that he played behind in Tampa, he glorifies them all from the day he got here up until the very last presser he had. He kept saying, it's much easier to cover for three Mississippis than it is for four or five Mississippis. He truly values the pressure that a defensive line can get and that and the help that they give to the secondary. And if there's just a stud sitting there, you know what I'm saying? I mean, you got Eric Armstead locked up for, I think, two more years before he's able to be cut because he just reworked his contract. You know Nick Bosa's not going anywhere. You hope Ken Law is who they say he is. And if Drake Jackson can prove to be – if he can grow into what the Niners want him to grow into – I could see them saying maybe we don't need to take one in the first, you know, with our, with our top pick next year. But that's a lot of ifs and buts and so on and so forth. Um, but if, it's if definitely and too early. for candies and nuts, we'd all have a Merry Christmas. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it's, it's just too early to say right now because it's it, it maybe maybe corners a top pick next year. You know, this is also um, Emmanuel Mosley's last season. So but you don't know the growth of the guys behind them. You don't know if Ambry Thomas is going to shine or Lenore steps into a bigger role. You, it, it's just too early to say. Okay. I I honestly, I know it's too early to say I would lean towards it is the final year for the next couple of years because of what's coming up on the books. Like Mike is saying, Mosley might leave. We don't know what McGlinchey is going to look like tackle is an important position whether it's right or left um there there are positions out here that the four i could see the 49ers going after that would you know preclude them from taking defensive line with their first pick now that doesn't mean that they're not going to take it with their second pick or their third pick right there's depth to be had 
as long as you have Bosa and, you know, somebody like an Armstead, you know, as long as you have two good to, I mean, in Bosa's case, elite players, you can fill with some of these second and third round talents, right? And spend your first round pick on elite skill positions on the defensive or offensive side of the ball. It's just really going to depend on how it shakes out. Because, you know, if Ambry Thomas steps up, maybe Emmanuel Mosley is expendable and it's not as bad to just let him walk, you know. Um, it, you know, if, if, you know, one of these undrafted free agents hits, now you don't have to worry about the interior offensive line. There's a lot of unknowns. But just from the sheer numbers game, when you look at defensive line as such a position of strength, uh, it, you know, they have to eventually, they're going to have to go outside of that position of strength and be like, all right, we really got to shore up some of these weaknesses. And we saw that with wide receiver and corner this year. And I think that they're going to continue to fill out the roster as they can while Trey is still on his rookie deal. Because if Trey hits like everybody thinks he's going to hit, at least locally, national media is a bunch of idiots. So they don't, they don't know, but we'll, we'll show them. Um, then you really have to, you really have to establish your roster, particularly with draft picks while Trey is still under his rookie contract. So 2023, 2024, um, 2025 become really important to shore up the other positions because Trey is, if he hits is going to take a huge number and that's going to preclude you from getting some of these more elite guys from free agency or otherwise. So you really have to kind of rotate your talent. Yeah. And, and the Niners are like becoming infamous for these one year deals with all these guys, right? Uh, Jordan Willis, you know, the Hyder, I think, I think Hyder signed a one or two year deal as well. Like they have to go out there and start like, getting some guys that they want to hold on to. And so that's why you can't just rule it out. And the other thing is we don't have a first round pick next year. So it might be setting up for a BPA draft again, and it could by default end up being a defensive line. That's why I just, I just can't say for certain, you know, so it'll be interesting. We drafted a lot of offensive linemen. Maybe they have their next right tackle in the building. I I have no idea. It's, it's it's gonna be so much fun to watch though. But Mike, what if they what if they what if they let Jimmy sit on the roster and get a third round comp pick and then trade the third and the second and go back in the first round? What if that happens? It it could. You never know. I know people don't want to admit that, but I'm just saying, man. Kyle <laughs> says that if he if he passes this physical and he's not traded, he expects him to show up and compete. In I kinda, listen, I kind of want some redemption after that Golden State Warriors wager. I would wager that Jimmy Garoppolo is not going to be on this team when the season starts. Steve makes I'm a good not, point. I'm not taking that bet. Could be Debo, or excuse me, could be wide receiver if Debo isn't back. So we'll, we'll have to wait and see. I, I do franchise him. I do think that this is the last year for a few years that they draft defensive line first with their first pick. Um, it's like the guy, and I've tweeted it before. It's the meme of the guy who goes to the gym every day and neglects his legs and waist up. He's ripped and he's got these tiny little pencil legs. That's what the 49ers are becoming each and every time they just draft with their defensive line and nothing else in the first. Um, this was, I saw this. So 49ers throwback says, did you guys see where the NFL network believes Trey Lance will take the leap um, this year? Like Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers." I saw that James Jones said that he's like going to be a dude that really is going to, it's going to take a step forward and surprise a lot of people. And I know Lewis Riddick has really been on the Trey Lance train as well. I know Lewis Riddick is ESPN. This is NFL network, but there are some people and Lewis Riddick minus his, you know, when he got passed over for the GM spot for the 49ers, he was a little salty towards 49ers for like a year or so. 
but he's pretty spot on with his analysis and you can see why he was in the running for a GM job. The dude knows his stuff. You can see um, the people that are in the know and not necessarily the headline grabbers, the Stephen A. Smith, the Colin Cowherd, some of these other guys who are like, we don't know what Trey Lance is. Some of these guys who study the film, study the tape, can see the physical talent, trust in Kyle Shanahan and, and their decision-making, they, they can see it. They can see what the path is. And I think that that's, that speaks well to, you know, Trey Lance's ability, just raw talent, right? And, and so I'm, I'm really excited to see. And, and I want Trey Lance to prove all these people wrong that doubt him. So I actually I have a football group that like tries to shit on him every chance they get. And I'm like, I just let it go. I'm like, all right, we'll see. We'll see. I have the clip here and we can play real quick and then we'll start to wrap things up. Uh, we're reaching an hour mark. It's getting late Sunday evening. So let's go ahead and play this. James Jones is on NFL Network. Number one, it is a small sample size. Number two, I believe we are looking at a bona fide superstar like the Patrick Mahomes, like the Aaron Rodgers. We had a small sample size of Aaron Rodgers, but all you heard out of the locker room and the people around Aaron was like, just wait. And you wait and see. That's the same thing that was around Patrick Mahomes. Small sample size, but everybody's yeah. like, just wait. This kid going to be special. And that's the same thing that's coming out of this Niners locker room with Trey Lance. Everybody you talk to in the Niners organization, and I know it's it, you, you having your quarterbacks back, but everybody's saying he has superstar written all over him. There's nothing he can't do. He can make plays with his legs, really strong arm. Kyle Shanahan's going to put him in really good situations. I think he's going to be in that category. I think he's going to have a hell of a year. I think he's going to be in that category years down the line, talking about him like we talked about Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers. I think he's that talented. Number one. So really excited, man. I really, like you said, Matt, the people who actually watch the film and aren't just looking for these hot takes. And here's the thing is players. Players know, dude. They know. Like these guys, they they know. Uh, Listen, Daniel Kelly that fool's an idiot. That that dude's a. I don't even want to say it. That dude looks that up to somebody guy? who did some heinous shit. Is that so the that guy dude has holds no water with me? And as yes. far as Samuel Twohead Icho, whatever his name is, like dude, the only thing lo- the only thing that I have in my esteem lower than his opinion is his hairline, and that's it. That's all I got to say. That was. That was interesting. I hadn't seen that that clip uh, that you just played with James Jones. And I like what he did. He tied it to players, specifically who had the small sample size that the locker room was raving against. I, I like uh, I like what he did there. Um, and it, it's going to be we, – we've seen it. We, 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 we know what the ceiling could be. And it was all about Trey Lance, uh, but even before going to the Niners, right? If he goes to the right system and they're patient with him, this kid can be special. The Niners did exactly that, and now all of a sudden it's like, forget everything that we talked about in the draft, in the in the you know what I'm saying, like in the 2021 draft. Forget everything that we talked about because he didn't do anything last year. All of a sudden, the national media is like going backwards on everything that they said. You know, you guys said if he goes to the right team, if he gets in the right system, and then they're patient with him, he's going to be a star. And now it's like this guy couldn't beat out Jimmy Garoppolo, so you wanted them to not do what you said. Is that is that what it is? Like it's just. It's looking for hot takes and clicks, and it's it's getting tiring. It's, it's tiring. It definitely is because, I mean, think about it. If you're looking at this objectively, if Trey Lance had just been like, I'm not ready yet, I'm going to stay at North Dakota State, 
is there any doubt that he would have been one of the top three drafted this year? Right. He would have been probably the number one pick in the draft. Maybe number two because because Jacksonville didn't need a quarterback, right? Because they drafted Trevor Lawrence. But he would have gone to Detroit number two. And that that wouldn't have even been close. And you're talking about, you know, a draft where people are excited about Kenny Babyhands Pickett going number 20 to the Steelers. And you're saying that Trey Lance is, is like this bust or he doesn't have it. I don't see it. You guys are trying to sell me on a bill of goods, this and this and that. Fact of the matter is Trey Lance would have been a top three pick this year in the NFL draft. And they're already trying to write the narrative on what he's going to be. And like Mike said, the whole plan the entire time was this kid is a raw talent. Let's develop that talent on a good team with good coaches. It's it is exactly a mirror of the Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes situations where they went to good teams with good cultures, good coaches. They got to sit behind quarterbacks that at least were competent at the time. Right. Um, You know, and when they come in, they're ready to come in. They've been groomed. They've been coached well. They've seen what and say what you want about Jimmy Garoppolo. The fact of the matter is when he's in that locker room, he's a pro. You see what being a pro is all about right? The off the field stuff you learn year one while you're trying to digest the playbook, specifically the Kyle Shanahan playbook. And you work, you get to work on these little things that you need to work on. And now you get to see him on the field unleashed and he might struggle a little bit, just like Aaron Rodgers struggled a little bit. Patrick Mahomes is a once in a generation dude who can come in and throw 5,000 yards and 50 touchdowns his first season starting. That's not the expectation here, right? The bar is Jimmy Garoppolo, and you cannot tell me that Trey Lance this year cannot clear the Jimmy Garoppolo bar because he definitely will. Yeah, and you know, I'm, I was there was a comment that was just up here. Uh, where'd it go? Damn. Oh man, I don't worry about it. It's okay. I, I don't remember now. It's all right. <laughs> All right, I got you. Um, yeah, I agree with Ian Sharp, though. No one's talking about Jordan Love. Nobody's talking – these teams, and James Jones said it best, these players are just so confident. The teammates, they're like, yo, just wait. Like, he's going to show you. We don't have to come out here every day in front of these uh, podiums and tell you how great he is because if you just wait and see, you'll understand. That smoke is duking up your autofocus, brother. <laughs> All right, guys, we're going to start wrapping things up. I remember what I was. I remember what I was going to say. Sorry, I'm blurry, guys. I apologize about You're that. You're good. But I remember what I was going to say. If Trey Lance's growth on the field is half as good as his podium presence, we are in for a treat. Th- just the way he handles the pressers this yeah. year is significantly better than what we saw just a few times last year. But it was it's significantly better. His confidence, even his 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 posture, his composure at the podium. It's just way different. And that's that's like one of the last things they that they care about. You know, like I said, he's, he's going to get that media training. I've said it before. This is really bothering me now. Uh, there it is. Nope. Uh, he's going to get the media training and things like that. But on the field, if he has if that matches that growth, we're in for we're in for a big treat. Definitely. Um, with that said, we're going to wrap things up here. Blow is there anything that may help? <laughs> is there anything you guys wanted to touch on that I didn't touch on or bring up? There you go. Cleared now, Mike. See what I'm saying, dude? Check your connection, Let's go, brother. Matt. Let's go, Matt. That's what I'm talking about, man. Um, the- hey, wait. Play my thing real quick because I, I deserve a Matt rant just for, just for fixing that. 
I just wanted it just for fixing something. There you go. <laughs> Everyone loves an attaboy. No, and then the linebackers, I think we're going to see more of the same. Uh, we, we did cornerbacks already. We talked about safeties. And the specialists, unfortunately, I'm saying unfortunately, are going to be the same because I, for one, am still over Robbie Gold. I know how good he was in the postseason and things like that. But, you know, it, it is what it is. I'm over Robbie Gold and I'm over Wishnowski. Special teams has been Ray Ray McLeod is a step in the right direction, but there's still a long way to go in terms of special teams. Um, and, and that's going to be, you know, hopefully that's something that will help the 49ers out. But yeah, I mean, in terms of, I, man, this is like, for me, this is like going into the 2020 season. And I, I don't want a repeat of that, but in terms of my hype level and how excited I am for the team, and where I think that they can go, this is like the beginning of 2020 when we're like, I, I hate to say it, but it was like revenge tour and, you know, it turned into rehab tour. I hope it doesn't do that. But when you look around, I mean, the Rams are still the Rams are the Super Bowl champs. They're still really good. Um, they they were able to bolster their roster. Um, Seahawks are going to be trash. No Russell Wilson, trash trash you're telling me there was a story that came out i can't remember where i saw it where geno smith is beating out drew lock either way you slice it that's garbage oh Pete carroll said it he said that geno smith is in the lead right now but there's still a lot of time if that is what you're saying in your training camp your players already know dang man this is some four and 13 bullshit right like it's gonna be bad and Arizona, you know, Arizona's got talent, but how is Kyler going to do without DeAndre Hopkins for the length of time that he's going to be suspended for the PEDs? I think it's 10 games. That's a long time. And so the 49ers path to a division title, it does go through LA, but I mean, you're talking about a team that's going to be right there competing and and it's going to be like second place is should be a worst case scenario for them. And so, I mean, how do you not get excited about a season like that? I, I don't know, but it, it's looking like the hype level for me is like going into 2020 again. Which is crazy to think about because they were 10 minutes away from the Super Bowl and they were third in the NFC West. So it really doesn't matter. I mean, yes, the road gets a little easier, but there's still a road regardless of where you shape up. I mean, they say winning you're in and everything resets. So yeah, I'm excited, man. I, I really am excited. Six games, yeah. It, I just looked at it. Yeah, it was six okay. games. Hopkins. But he does have Hollywood Brown now. Make of that what you will. The guy can't catch a damn anything, you know, anything that's tossed to him. I saw that compilation of his drops from last season, Hollywood Brown. Yeah. That was tough to watch. There were some bad ones because he was getting open and he just wasn't catching it. Six, thanks for the correction. Uh, six, ten games. Still, if six games without DeAndre Hopkins, I mean – and of course, Larry Fitzgerald is retired. I don't know. Is AJ Green still on the team? Even if he is, he's a year older. Yeah, and you I can't think he is him. But if you're looking at AJ Green as your number one option in the early season, AJ Green has proved that it's hard for him to stay healthy when he's the feature guy. Right. This yeah. could be a tough start for Arizona, which is a team that needs the good start to make the playoffs because every single year that Cliff Kingsbury has been there. The second half of the season has been a nosedive into mediocrity, and I don't think that it's going to change this year. Yeah. 
Uh, Kali, I know we're trying to go schedule the our plan a Tampa Bay Tampa Bay game meetup yep. type thing with the Hive. So if anyone wants to go to that game, let us know. Definitely down to grab a drink, meet up, whatever you guys want to do. Yeah, um, night before at the uh, where was that place that we went last time that we all met up? Because that shit was fire. I don't remember the name, but it was a lot of fun. Where we went, all and I met know you guys. Is right? I, I introduced Mike to some IPAs. We had a good old time that night. That was a fun night. We yeah. should do that again. Yeah. But, Are you coming? Yeah, I'm down Mike? to go. I want to go games? to at least one, maybe maybe two or three. The the plan right now for me, the home opener and the Raiders game right now. But I got, I'm hoping that these these tickets come down for yeah, man. New Year's in Vegas. What the hell was I thinking? You know, it's Vegas is expensive anyway. I wanted to. Take, my wife's a Dolphins fan. God bless her soul. But I wanted to take her to the Dolphins at the Raiders, and it was in like September, and it was still like 500 a ticket for the bleeds. And I was like, right. that's crazy. Yeah. yeah I think it's, it's just the nature of the stadium, yeah, to be yeah. honest. But I got to get in there. I got to get that stadium. Well, I definitely crazy. need to. That yeah, stadium is tight. Uh, Mike, Melissa's asking if you're joining Breezy on the Gold Rush. Hasn't been mentioned yet, but nothing's ruled out for sure. There's been absolutely nothing ruled out, so. All right, guys. With that said, we are going to thank our sponsor. You guys already know. Acre Gold. The gold stamp, as Matt calls it. I got a bunch of these gold bars here. They are two and a half grams. You can now buy gold for as little as $50 a month. Click the link in the description. Start buying today. The days are over where you have to fork out hundreds of dollars to get some gold. Inflation right now, the dollar is just going down, losing value every day. Gold is not. So you can still get your money's worth with Acre Gold. It's only right they sponsor the Red and Gold Standard Podcast. They are keeping the standard high in the gold market. So once you reach the market price of two and a half grams, Acre Gold will discreetly send you two and a half gram gold bar, which Matt calls a stamp because it is rather small. But hey, you stack them up. You earn them over time. I got, you know, a few hundred dollars worth of gold here. So each one's got a couple in there. Probably close to a thousand bucks, to be honest with you guys. It's the original Bitcoin, bro. It's the original Bitcoin. That's right. Yeah, the hipster Bitcoin. So click the link in the description. Start buying gold today. Shout That's out to Acre Gold. boomer Bitcoin, brother. There you go. That's boomer Bitcoin. Bitcoin. That's yeah. a boomer Bitcoin. Well, hipsters always like to take the original stuff and kind of put a little twist on it. And so. honestly, if you're looking at gold, hell, what were the 49ers named after? The Gold Rush. Let's do it's it, It's only baby. right. It's only right. Um, shout out to Mike, by the way, not only for being on this show. As always, we really appreciate you. But he's been having me on his uh wednesday patreon show and that's been a lot of fun so go subscribe to the nothing but niners patreon if you haven't and bang bang niner game like mike's saying i mean i'm not saying invite me but there's a lot of wednesday right <laughs> let's go man let's go run it up let's go i'm with it i'm with let's it. Do, let's it. do it all right guys with that said links are our excuse me our handles are on the screen go follow us on twitter i just knocked my my guard off Follow us on Twitter. Follow 49ers High. Follow RGS Pod. You know it. Hit like. Hit subscribe on YouTube if you haven't already. It helps more than you think. If you're watching this after we've aired, drop a comment with whatever you want. Drop an emoji, whatever you want. It really does help. So thank you, everybody, for supporting the Red Gold Standard. Matt, you want to carry us out? Absolutely. Thank you, as always, for joining us. We appreciate you being here each and every week content we always say it but we mean it it's going to start ramping up as the season gets going so join us here 49ers hive join mike nothing but niners patreon mike on his twitter us on our twitter we're gonna get after it this season it's gonna be a good one with that being said until next time go niners